Hey, this is the Building for Digital Equity podcast, where we talk to people working to expand internet access, address affordability, teach digital skills, or distribute affordable devices. We talk with those working on the front lines of giving everyone everywhere the opportunity to participate fully in the digital world. Whether in rural areas or cities, our guests here are doing the often unglamorous jobs in places that have been left behind. This show comes to you from the Community Broadband Networks team at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, where we have long produced the Community Broadband Bits podcast and the Connect This Show. Building for Digital Equity features short interviews from Emma Gautier, Christopher Mitchell, and me, Sean Gonzalez, talking to people at the events we are attending to highlight the interesting work and inspirational stories to get internet access to everyone. Now, let's see who we have today. Okay, I am here on the third and final day of uh, Net Inclusion 2023, and I'm with Marvin Vinay, who actually works and lives not too far from me. I'm on, on, on the Cape. Marvin is up in Boston with uh, a, a great organization that um, I, I want to uh, talk to you about. So why don't you introduce yourself uh, and the organization that you that, that you that you represent? All right. Well, Sean, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, Tech Goes Home is the organization that I work for based in Boston. We're a digital equity nonprofit. Uh, we're about a, I would say roughly around $7 million organization uh, with 20 employees. We've grown significantly in the last five years. Uh, we went from having maybe around eight employees at that time to 21 at this stage. Mm. Uh, and so we are seeing some tremendous growth, some real excitement. Um, I mean, we're reaching people at a, at a, at a rapid speed right now. And, it's, and it's, it's excellent because we actually get to meet people where they are in their experience of being on the outside of the digital divide. So, so, t- so, so, tell me a little bit about the mission of Tech Goes Home. What's the vision, and what, and, and and give us a little bit of a sense of uh, some of the programs and some of the initiatives that that, sure. that you work on. So, Tech Goes Home empowers communities to access and use digital skills, digital tools, if you will, to overcome their barriers. Um, we really believe in trying to advance people's lives. With that, the way it works is that we have a model where we reach anywhere age. We serve ages. Three to ninety-six. You ask why it's so wide. Mm-hmm. The youngest person we've served has been three. The oldest that we've served has been ninety-six. Mm. And what we're fortunate to be able to do is to provide them with the three legs of the stool, if you will. Well, so we're providing with the device that's either an iPad or Chromebook, mm-hmm. brand new. Mm-hmm. Then we're providing them with digital training. That's about fifteen hours of digital training on a curriculum that is based upon their need, not our assessment. Mm. And then what we're providing them with internet access. So we're providing them with a year's worth of internet access at no cost across the board for them. Pre-pandemic, we only provided two of those options. We were not providing internet at that stage. But as you can imagine, with the pandemic, we had no choice Mm -hmm. but to alleviate that barrier that might exist for uh, those families. And so what we did was we came out and started to address the need by providing the internet access and now we're trying to transfer those individuals to the affordable connectivity program as you imagine it exists right now through the federal government in an effort to give them longer standing and stronger uh wi-fi 
Now, how 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 it, did did Tech Goes Home survive at the uh, at at the end of uh, at the B, at the end of B Top when a lot of other organizations really folded? I think it was our learners, honestly. Hmm. Our learners um, were really open to working with us. We had built trust, mm-hmm. and that trust afforded us the opportunity to be a continuing uh, partner with many, and including the city of Boston. Um, including the public libraries, the school systems, um, the community-based organizations. Uh, We were friends. Mm -hmm. And we were friends because we literally would sit in the room and help the instructor because we have a train-to-trainer model. So we're partnering with organizations and libraries and so forth, and we're training their staff. Ah. So we're educating their staff on how to develop curriculum, how to execute classroom management, and then we're providing a pre and a post survey so that we can evaluate what has been retained. And then we're also doing follow-up work in an effort to make sure that they're growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're starting to think about what do we do next? Hmm. And you know, and so as we are expanding throughout Massachusetts, uh, we're about to, to launch in Western Mass mm. uh, in the next month or so. Now, when you say Western uh, Mass, you're talking about like out in the Springfield uh, yes, area? Springfield, okay. Holyoke, mm-hmm. uh, Chicopee. Okay. Um, uh, our first partner there will be Wayfinders. Mm. Um, that was a recent announcement, so you're, you're hearing it. You have some exclusive information. All right. Um, we are also moving towards Worcester. We've just mm-hmm. been fortunate to hire someone uh, to do some advocacy work there in Worcester on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you asked why did we choose Worcester. Mm-hmm. Um, you asked why did we choose to, to invest with someone who lives in Worcester. Mm-hmm. Is because, number one, it is a city in need. Mm, for sure. And it is a city that is crying out for the support to ensure that their residents actually have access and understand the usage of the computer so that they can create success for their families. You know, you, you, you mentioned and you, you talked about your, you, you're hiring somebody in Worcester or you've hired someone yes, in Worcester. Yes, we've hired someone. Yeah. And I know that you, now you're a Boston guy, right? Correct. You were born and raised. No, no, no? not. No, no, oh. no, no. Um, so I'm originally from Pittsburgh. Oh, really? Uh, I've been in Boston for about 25 years at okay. this point. So, okay, all right. So, you know, some will say you're a Bostonian. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, right, right, right. But I still claim my home. So. Gotcha, gotcha. You're still the <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, that's absolutely still the same. <laughs> okay, absolutely. all right, good, good, good. But a lot of your staff, of course, too, they're, they're you, you, I mean, you, you're hiring locally. And it just brings me back to, you know, you talked about the relationships and the, and the trust that you've built with organizations in the city. But I would, I would imagine that, that, that having people working at your organization and people that you're training, the relationships they have within these communities makes a big difference in terms of well, your- Well, I'm, your... I'm glad you raised that. We're hiring people with lived experience. We're hiring people that reflect our demographic that, that we serve. Mm-hmm. So when a learner comes to a course they are interacting, if they interact with any of our staff, they're interacting with someone that looks like them, mm-hmm. someone that understands their plight, mm-hmm. someone that has uh, felt that discomfort mm-hmm. and knows what it means to feel like you've been left to the side. Mm-hmm. And so they take all of that and they're empathetic and they're triaging problems. You know, I mean, some of our staff are acting as, um, you know, like tech advisors to some of our learners at times, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing tech support, you know, far beyond the scope of their job description. But if, if auntie Beth calls and says, Hey, I need some help here after the classroom has been completed. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. We're going to take care of her. 
Right. And so we have a great staff that is excited every day to do this work. Um, and, you know, we, we, so this is our main program that we function in. We also have, obviously, a development team. We have an advocacy team. Uh, and, and so our program team and our operations team. And, and we're starting to figure out, like, what else, do we, what else can we do? Where else are we needed? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And we, we have a big thing about going into communities, not, in the pers- not from the perspective of this is for us to do, but going locations that we are being asked to come to. Oh, interesting. So Western Mass reached out and said, we would love to see your programming here. So, so, how, so how do people know to reach out to you? I mean, I, I mean, clearly you've been around for some time, but, but how, does, how does that come about? Do you guys do marketing or is it just what, word of mouth? You know what, honestly, we've really been blessed with word of mouth. Mm-hmm. We've, really been, we've really had opportunities that have been simply, I've worked with you. Mm-hmm. You've worked with X. X has said, hey, Oh. You're looking for this. I oh. want to connect you with these individuals. Okay. Or it is the public the, the the publicity that is associated with our work. Right. If people are hearing about it, if we're doing podcasts like yours, mm-hmm. or you know, or mm-hmm. we're finding ourselves in a news article, or we're writing an op ed, which we do often, mm-hmm. um, and in or we're testifying at a at a hearing, mm-hmm. which we do often. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any of those efforts, it affords people the awareness that, that we exist. We're starting to talk about marketing. We're starting to talk about and figure out, like, should we take that arm on in an effort to grow the organization more? Yeah. Uh, because we want to reach as many people as possible. Right. You know? Right, and, right. And, and like I said, there's a lot more going on. There's a lot of, you know, new announcements that are going to be coming out in a few months mm-hmm. that are going to be very exciting, and they're going to make a dent in the digital divide in Massachusetts. And we're just happy to be a part of that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, first of all, I guess it, it, it's a challenge for any nonprofit organization to to do the fundraising piece right. and what have you. You guys have done that very successfully. You talked about your budget earlier, but what are some of the the the, the challenges? Because this work isn't easy. Yeah. What, what what are some of the challenges that you that you come across or that you have come across in in, in the work? Well, let me let me take a step back. We have over we have a hundred plus partners. We've serviced about twenty two thousand individuals. Uh, graduates, we've made with that twenty-two thousand. There are fourteen thousand devices that have been given out. But let mm. me underscore the graduate part. Mm-hmm. Pre-pandemic, we were sitting at a ninety-four percent graduation rate. Mm-hmm. Pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, we maintained a ninety-four percent graduation rate. Wow! And let That's... me walk you through what that means. Mm-hmm. That means that you started the course, you completed the course. If there was disruption, it did not impact. You were still able to accomplish your goals. You did it successfully, and we made it work. Why? We started mailing out devices when the pandemic hit. Sometimes we hand-delivered devices to homes Hmm. because in order to start our program, typically you would start it at a community center, per se, and Hmm. when you did so, you would get the equipment, okay, but, but you might not take it home. Right, right, gotcha. Right mm-hmm. until the completion of the program. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do in a pandemic? You're in it. You're in it. Mm-hmm. So we had to ramp up, mm-hmm. and we immediately went to distributing and getting them into the homes, getting the internet set up, everything, and people were excited mm-hmm. because we were cutting out them having to travel. We were affording them access for telehealth. We were making sure they could connect with their families. They could order their groceries. They could create a budget. They could pay their bills. 
we did everything possible to eliminate a barrier for them during that moment of time. But you asked about the challenges, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. The challenge is, is that still today, there are some lawmakers who are not familiar with the digital divide. That's true. Okay? It's and hard. some of them did not experience it until the pandemic hit, and they right. had to understand right. the complexities of living in a home mm -hmm. with family and trying to make it work. Right, right. You know, I came to Tetco's home two years ago. One of the biggest reasons I came is because I understood what it felt like to be in a home with two adults, two students, and trying to work, do school, and had a bandwidth to do it all. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. And I saw that immediately, and I said, I'm someone who was in a fortunate position to be able to take care of a internet bill. Mm -hmm. But there are many others out there who mm -hmm. do not have that resource. Mm -hmm. And I said, what better way for me to, to give? I look at this as service. To give is to make sure that they have a platform to be able to be heard, respected, valued, mm -hmm. and it underscored that they need to be included. Exactly. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is that we have to deal with the root cause of digital divide. So that's a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Getting people to understand that. And then the last thing is, is that we have to continue building trust with our learners. So what TGH is about to do, and this is fresh, what TGH is about to do is we're about to create a cohort of community fellows. Mm. Community fellows in which we will bring in, mm -hmm. we will train them, we will get them prepared to provide op-eds, to write op-eds, oh, wow. to do testimonies, mm -hmm. to participate in dialogues and panels, etc. Mm -hmm. And we will compensate them and we will make sure that at the end of the fellowship, we are leaning, we're leading them towards some sort of opportunity. We have not fully vetted it out yet, but our goal is to understand the plight of our learner firsthand. Yeah. Not on theory, not on, you know, what the data says, but from the voice of those who are most impacted, we want them at the table and we want them to be our guiding force when we do this work. That, 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 that's terrific. Now, um, I know that you didn't come alone. You brought, yeah. uh, you, you brought, I, yeah. I think, what, four, four or five of your... Uh, no, we have more. We oh. have, there's about 10 of us. Oh, really? Because yeah. when we took the picture, yeah. we took the picture yesterday, and yeah. I was surprised. This yeah. is a big contingent yeah. so here we, from Massachusetts. So we, our, our CEO is here. Uh, he, he's been here continuously. He's been here since the start of NDIA. Uh, we have our director of evaluation, assistant manager of advocacy. We have our manager, a partnership, partnership manager, uh, we have our operations coordinator, our operations manager. Uh, we have, uh, I think we also have one of our lead consultants. Uh, I mean, we've brought out the team because we want them to understand this work and to see it beyond what is in front of them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the values of, of being in a place uh, in a place like Net Inclusion is a lot of times, you know, we are focused on the work in our own communities and it's always, I think, valuable to to connect with folks that are doing it elsewhere and uh, in, in, in building on and learning, hearing about some of the things that, you know, may, you, you know, you may be able to bring back. And speaking of which, I mean, is oh, there yeah. are, do, anything stand out in your mind uh, that, that, that you'll take from Net Inclusion 2023? 
You know, one thing is I want to say I'm very excited for the staff of NDIA. Uh, I was in Portland last year, my first year. We didn't have these numbers. Uh, to see the number of people that are here that are investing in this work, mm -hmm. it's a testimony to the NDIA team. Yeah. But it also is showing that this subject is starting to become a lot more relevant. Mm -hmm. And that in places and spaces that you didn't perceive it would exist and that people want to find solutions. Yes. And so if I learned anything is that there are more people here who want to learn. There are more people here who have information to share. Um, one of the biggest things that came away from me is that I, I went to the um, equity, digital equity coalition building um, session. Mm -hmm. And the list of individuals or sectors, I should say, mm -hmm. that they felt or suggested should be at the table mm -hmm. was unimaginable. Mm -hmm. Because you wouldn't perceive that you would think to add, you know, an elected official, a county commissioner, somebody from a hospital network. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't think about adding all of them to a coalition. Mm -hmm. You would think that you are only adding individuals or organizations who are doing the work. That's true. That's a that's a great point. Right. And, and, and this, and of course, you know, connectivity, you know, and access to 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 high speed internet. It really touches every aspect of, of, of modern life. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about your water. You're talking about your uh, your alarm system, maybe. You know, we're, we're talking about just being able to get your medication at times, right? Right, right. right. Uh, so, you know, and if you have to order food or, mm -hmm. you know, any of the sort, right now it is the plug and play. Mm -hmm. And we really believe at some point we'll have a large enough voice about this becoming a public utility. But the fight continues, and we'll continue to persevere and push through it. But I'm excited about the work. I'm excited about what I've experienced here. I'm excited about what I see you all are doing. And uh, this is just this is, this is a great week. Excellent, excellent. Marvin, thank you for your time. Uh, you know, I have to get up to Boston and, and, and take a look firsthand at uh, Techos Home. Oh, man, I we I welcome you. Come and join a class. You know, we'll set you up. You excellent. can experience it firsthand. That's it, firsthand. All right, thank you very much, my man. All right, thank you. We thank you for listening. You can find a bunch of our other podcasts at ilsr.org slash podcasts. Since this is a new show, I'd like to ask a favor. Please give us a rating wherever you found it, especially at Apple Podcasts. Share it with friends. You can even embed episodes on your own site. Please let us know what you think by writing us at podcast at communitynets.org. Finally, We'd like to thank josephmckay.com for the song On the Verge. <laughs>